I can't hear myself though. Can I hear myself? Yeah. Test, test. Yeah, I can hear myself. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, what's up? Nothing much. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, yes. Here for another week of uh, talking. Yeah, you know, all the extraness. I'm Clover with a K at that crazy creative and on you IG. Know. Oh, sorry. Yes. You know, and you know, it is uh, just Nick over here. Um, follow me on IG at just Nick underscore 91. Yeah. What is up? Oh, my gosh. Ah, this week went by so fast. And we're recording a day early, so. Yeah, we are right. <laughs> yeah, holiday weekend, happy Memorial Day, everyone. Be safe out there. Eat good. Turn up. Um, yeah, we Save are. Save a link for me. Right. Okay. I'm feeling very <laughs> hot, linky. <laughs> um, yeah. No. How was your week, though? I mean, it was. You know, you're saying it went by pretty fast. It did fly by. Um, but how was yours? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, last week was um wrapping up um, an event, very busy weekend for me, and then I. I think I told y'all about the flat tire. So <laughs> this week was like straight recovery from that. Lord. Yeah. Like it was, it's just straight recovery from that and all of that. So what I like to do after events is kind of like reflect and, you know, think about, okay, what went good? What went bad? What could be better? Mm-hmm. And all of that. And, you know, having, you know, consult and counsel with good friends about things and my support system um and i just got to shout out uh mr gene mccracken over here just for coming through um with the event helping me uh pick up and drop off pallets even though i wasn't there with the least amount of criticism he's ever given me <laughs> so is the shout out for the helping out or the lack of criticism you know both double going hit the double <laughs> so whammy he gets two shout outs yeah oh, okay. shout out shout out <laughs> appreciate you my dude like uh but yeah we were talking about that so um you know, y'all don't really see. I know people here, you know, how me and Nick can go at it and have a good time. And if you know Gene and um, you see our relationship, you're like, oh, my gosh. Um, but I am. I'm a hot mess express, man, leaving a dysfunction junction constantly. Um, and Facts. unfortunately. Facts. Yes, very much so. Uh, <laughs> very, very much so. Yes. Facts. Yeah. And unfortunately, Gene uh, has to kind of hop on that train from time to time and help me out. Um, more often than not, and I'm more than appreciative about it. Um, but you know, and what I tell people all the time is when you ask for help, you also open yourself up to, um, what's it called? I want to call it criticism, but opinions. Yep. That person's views. Yeah. Yep. You know, their thoughts (laughs) very seldom do, um, some people, they, they don't, they help and they don't say anything or give any sort of, um, um, you know, insight or help, but um, I mean, you have to count the cost You're all not the time. That person? No, I, I actually, I don't think very many people are. If 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 especially if you if if you're in that situation because of you, like if you if there was something you were supposed to do and you didn't do, not very many people are gonna just like help and not say anything at all. Or ask about the situation. I mean, hey, but some people do. I'm not. I'm not that person though. Nick, are you that person? Nah, not really. You gonna <laughs> say something? Most definitely. Yeah. 
I'm probably yeah. It just depends on the person. If it's uh-huh. gonna if it's gonna fix the situation, then I'm all for it. But I'm not really a um. I told you so. I'm more of a how did we get here? Not so much necessarily the I told you so, but there's I'm always I'm, I'm also a I'm more of a big picture person. So though me not saying something for this one situation may make a difference because one thing i'm not going to do i'm not going to beat you down you know what i'm saying with criticism or my opinion that's not going to happen um because at some point we just have to accept that people are who they are um so but i am the type of person that's like if this you need to hear this because going forward this needs to be addressed i'm not going to give a i'm not going to give my critique on something unless i know it's going to actually fix the situation going forward yeah it has to be you know constructive and actually you know something that could progress you know forward yeah i mean i try to help but she don't take heed you know i'm like hey maybe next time you should you know oh no with chloe over here you got to be straight up like "Mm -mm, that that didn't work because she she be like the lines read between them no uh -uh, you can't you got to be real straightforward when it comes to (laughs) so just just tell them yeah just be straight up with her yeah so um yeah so for those who don't know um one of the many hats I wear is I do event PR. Um, and um, like I said, I didn't get into too much detail of it last week, but I had the privilege of doing this amazing book signing for this dope-ass author. Um, and so, and like I said, what no man is, um, you know, no man can do anything by themselves. So my team really came through. My support system and Gene was super instrumental in helping me. Like Monday night we was getting pallets and it was crazy. And, um, so, you know, after the event, we talk and um, I'm like, so, you know, what's up? And he was like, I just feel like, you know, I used to do events um, back at one of my previous jobs and I couldn't do it like how you do it, friend. Maybe you should uh, pretend like, you know, you got a boss that'd be mad at you if you come with some bullshit. And I, you know, I, I listened and I took heave and I thought about it and just the differences of like when you do it for someone versus completely 100% sourcing yourself and what I could have done differently. And one thing I can say is while some things could have been different, there was a lot of like weird things. Like I didn't get the contract to last minute. And one thing we had a discussion about, honestly, before we press record was do I press for the contract and, you know, granted, I don't want to say make somebody else's job difficult, but the guy I was working with was a very laid back chill dude. And he was like, you got it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. You know, I didn't even pay for the venue until after the event. So it was a very lackadaisical situations. So do I adhere to the culture? And it ended up working out um, for my benefit waiting because I got the venue um, $70 cheaper um, than what we had originally discussed. So it's like, do I hold off and wait or do I um, press, press, press? And get it and then possibly be viewed as, I don't want to call it difficult, but not someone that he enjoys working with to where I'm getting provisions made for me in the future. So the thing is this, you know, you have to just find that sweet spot and getting it and showing the urgency and the importance of something um, and not coming off as someone who is, you know, like super pushy. 
But, yeah. you know, at the same time, you know, you can't be up here with no contract because you're not trying to be pushy because that's the type of stuff that, you know, businesses, you know, that'll, that'll take you under. You they know, have also, me outside like, hey, I'm here for the event. And they were like, we ain't got you down. Exactly. I mean, granted, I was real good about making sure I had um, proof, text proof via like emails and correspondence to where it's like I asked for the contract via email. I was told I was good. Um, not legally bonding, but definitely something that would hold up in conversation, um, to where people wouldn't want to deal with it. But, you know, that was one of the conversations. And I was also explaining like, you know, I had backup plans. So it was, if something did go awry, I had a way to pivot real quickly, but you know, like, what do you do? And one thing I can say that I could have done was made more like list to check off. So that way. What I needed was written down so that way when it came to shopping and gathering goods, it was black and white. Yeah. Like two loaves of bread, two this, two that, versus being in a place like, hmm, I think I need some cheese. (laughs) So don't get me wrong. I'm all for having backup plans and being able to pivot, you know, and having contingencies in place. I'm with that. But one thing that shouldn't have to have a contingency especially when it comes to the days and the hours leading up to an event is a contract. Um, that's something that shit need a contingency. The only, because the thing is, if anything changes, you need to have something to refer back to that says, you know, per this, this is what's going on. So I need to know, you know, is this, you know, a part of our agreed deal so you can make sure, because not only does this represent your business, but you are also, you know, servicing a client at this point. And if something is to change and you don't have a contract, you can explain that to your clientele that, you know what, um, though I put this much work into this, I didn't have the contract and stuff finalized or I didn't have the contract in hand or a copy or even a DocuSign. Um, and so this may not work. So going forward, you know, heck, you may just have to even have your own contract in place for yourself, even when you're waiting on them to get there. So maybe there's two contracts. As long as they read the same, you have yours in place and you can send it via DocuSign and you have your stuff ready for when, you know, ready to go, you know, something, but you need to always have your basis covered because when it comes to you doing this business, it's not just you, it's the clientele that you're representing as well at the time. Facts. Um, And that's really what it is. Um, and um, that's kind of what I was getting at is, yeah, definitely the contract should have been in place. And I got it. And then, like I said, I got an email saying that I was confirmed. Um, but my thing is just more so on the, on the lines of what makes one ready um, versus it's event week. It's going to be chaotic. Um, it's it's going to be hard, especially when you have to source everything yourself from the catering to the seating, to the everything. Because when I used to do events um, on a campus, um, there was departments that handled the tables. There was, you know, from the linens to all of that to where it was like, I just had to confirm where everything was going. But as far as sourcing it, I wasn't the one going to the stores, picking the chairs or picking the tablecloths or all of that. I just say, honey, orange if anything, I had a lookbook to prove to say I need this color orange or this, that, and the fifth. Um, when it came to food, there was a catering menu, so I could just pick off of that list and be like, "Oh, okay, I want this. This is within budget." Um, and then anything else was like extra. If I was ordering goodie bags or trinkets, 
it was either sent to me or it was, um, and all I had to do was kind of put them in a bag together. Right. Versus figuring out what they're going to be and um, then putting them together myself. So, like I said, it's just a very uh, interesting narrative. And, um, you know, like I said, one thing I know I need to do better is prior to events is having my, like, event checklist. So that way, um, if I am going in in a week, uh, week of event, it's like, hey, we're not necessarily running around aimlessly. We are, um, right. we have a, we have a plan. We know what we're working towards. And like I said, Gene came through with the palace and he was like, this is stressful for me. This is too much. And, um, all of that. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about this so you can speak. That's why I wanted to bring it up on here. Cause you had opinions. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. Just, when I I used to be a senior student program advisor and there were some events where, you know, like she said, you know, <clears throat> you don't have to pick everything out. But then there were events where I did have to pick everything out. If it was like outside, then I had to go contact the company, get everything, pick it up, make sure that it was going to get there, get the food, get the DJ, um, pick out what decorations I wanted there were things I had to do and it was just, I knew it was a lot. And therefore my thing is start as early as possible. Try to get, don't wait. That's really my only thing. When you're putting stuff together, don't wait for anything. If you can get it done, if you know you can do it now, do it now. So what do you think separates a circumstance where it's like, this is just a culture of the event versus, um, I guess lack of preparation and laziness. Because in this event, like, I really had about three weeks. We can say four just for sake of conversation. Um, But, I mean, we got kicked out of the last menu April 17th. Um, No, April 17th was a birthday party. We got kicked out a week later. This Mm -hmm. event took place May 22nd. Mm -hmm. And the week that we got kicked out, I spent a week realizing we actually really kicked out of the venue. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> like so with like on, one week girls, it's all over. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> one full week was like, wow. Oh, that was a lie? Oh. That too. Oh he told you what? So one week was really kind of spent figuring out how we're gonna move forward yeah. and confirming that we are gonna move forward. So, like I said, about three solid weeks of finding I mean, a venue, anything from finding a venue, coming up with the idea to finding a venue, um, to figuring out what the food is going to look like with no budget because originally we had a venue. Yeah. And a venue is a big part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and in this the situation. The main part, honestly. In this situation, for this event particularly, you know my thing is it was raining and it's still raining I, and I told you that day, I said, this is why I couldn't have been a part because I would have felt the need to tell you it's too much rain to try to have an outdoor indoor event. It's so wishy-washy. Texas is always uncomfortable. It's always either too hot, too cold or raining here. So and because we're in that season now of this rain, I just would have said scrap the outside event. Let's go with the indoor event because we know an indoor event is good unless a hurricane or a tornado comes through and tears that building up. We're good. Um, 
So let's just go with the inside event to make it easier so that we can start prepping and get this event nice so that the last week we're not running. So with this event in particularly. So you're just saying that at the end of the day, it was more of the outdoor feature. It was because it was outdoor. Yeah, because it was too much. It's rained so much. Like right now it's pretty outside and I think it's supposed to be pretty tomorrow. But then on Monday I heard it's supposed to be raining. It was raining kind of yesterday. And it was raining yesterday. So I just kind of feel like just in general, we just probably should have not dealt with that because it's so it's so, you know. So do you not believe high risk, high reward? Um, I do. And I don't feel like this was a, this was not a high risk that needed to be taken. That's just me. It was a, it's a book signing. It doesn't have to be outside. And in Texas, it's just not worth it here. If we was in LA, if we was in a place that didn't have weather like us, yeah, I'd be like, shoot, do it outside. But I feel like it's just it just caused so much stress for other people. Again, I'm not even involved, and yet I was called the morning of to pick up pallets. It was the night before you decided. To oh, it was the night before at eleven o'clock at <laughs> night to pick up pallets the next morning. There was no regard for what I had to do the next day, or if I had anything to do the next day. I mean, it was an act. It wasn't a demand. So therefore, if you did. Who was going to pick them up? The thing is, I'm I'm your friend. You knew I didn't have no one and else. And I knew you had no one else. And so that's what I think about the. But I will say I did learn this. Um, no disrespect to other people who are probably saying that they could bring them or possibility. Unless I confirm A with that person myself. Um, I can't really count on them. Um because like you said, I had the luxury of your friendship in this case because I, you know, we, we did have someone else that we yeah, were under the impression. Yeah, you said that, yeah. And you it's said, like, anybody answering back, can yeah. you do it? And she knew, unless I was out of town, incapacitated, but you know, the whole I was time, going to make it, me and my wife were going to make it our business to make sure she had what she needed. And you know, the whole time, that whole week after Monday, when you picked up the palace originally, Holy Spirit told me to tell you. <laughs> Just ask him now. Yes. For uh, Saturday. Because y'all was like, oh, we're going to get, we going to rent a truck or we're going to get this person to do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Holy Spirit told me then. And that's one thing I can say that it taught me was to lean on my, like, on the Holy Spirit or intuition, if you want to call it. Because I do feel like um, once the decision was made to have it outside still, um, but the issue was we thought we were going to bring all 20 of the pallets versus six. Mm-hmm. But even then, I think if I would have asked you Monday, yeah, you probably could have mentally prepared for, I guess that would have been like three trips. <laughs> yeah. But like I mean, but again, we it would probably, picked, it would have been from my house, which yeah. is a little closer. We picked them up. You, I remember that. What, what was it? Monday or Tuesday? Yeah. Monday or Tuesday. She we picked called them up Monday. Me, and she called me in the process. Hey, can we go pick up some pallets? So my thing is, I'm already riding around with you to stores stealing pallets. We were not stealing them. We didn't pay. We for were taking them. from the trash. <laughs> they were not trash. They were trash. I definitely remember them pallets, kind of like being in an area that was not near the trash. <laughs> well, the Walmart one, the, the, 
some of them were near other uh, trash. Yeah, some so, of them were other. Near we don't other know. Trash. We don't really know don't the really protocol know when it comes to pallets. Please, uh, yeah. We we don't know. Are they trash? I don't yeah. really. I'm being know. funny, saying they were trash. I mean, saying they were stolen. We we, we don't really know because yeah. we do know the dude at Home Depot said that there are some that they have to keep and some and return, they sell back. And some that they give away or sell it just depends so i i really don't know it didn't say there was no sign so we don't really know we hope we weren't they stealing. were left outside they and were was, and it was raining yeah so it, it it felt very garbage to me yeah not, not but garbage. either way it go it <laughs> so yeah we were running around and see that's another thing where you just could have said that day you know what i know they like i know deidre and dontro will do it sorry y'all that's my real name me and my wife uh Deidre and Jean, they'll do it. And so you just should have asked us that day instead of going through all of these hoops saying, oh, we're going to get them to do this, that, that, that. Just set stuff up. No, and that's what yeah. I did realize was the contingency plan needs to, the the fallback plan needs to be the contingency plan and if things change, it works out. Yeah. So therefore, I should have said, hey, can you do this on Friday? If I find someone else, I will let you know. Yeah. But can you mentally prepare to do this? And I will let you know as soon as possible if anything changes. Yes. Um, oh, but we have to get into it. We have to get into it. Isn't that right, Nick? We have to get into the fact that Clover decided the Saturday or was it Sunday before? We can't leave that out, y'all. This was the this was the gotcha. She took a DJ event the day of this event so the first half of the day she wasn't there to do any direction Uh -uh. this is true (laughs) i need that part right there y'all that's the gotcha that kind of destroys everything that she talks about with this oh being planned why would you take an event that you didn't have to take that wasn't booked i needed the money needed the money my foot now and then People just—it was just a mess. I mean, okay. That made I will it worse. say this. <laughs> no, I I will say this. Um, in my I spirit, I feel yeah, like because I did, not. y'all. I did. I, I told Nick first. I was like, hey, I did something stupid. Cause yeah. I really done. I did. I was like, yeah, I did something stupid. Cause I think I did take it like Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. I took it after you picked up pallets. Me and you picked up pallets. Cause there's no way I would have spent the day with you. <laughs> All them evenings with you and not have told you. Um. No. 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 You told us Sunday. Okay, so maybe I did take it a full week before. You did. It okay. was a full week before. Okay, yeah. I took it. I told Nick first. I was like, I did something stupid. She asked me if I could do it, and I was like, yeah, I, I can. Um, she was like, I know you have a book signing that night. And she even knew. And you still said, yes, you she said, like, yeah, girl, I, like I can't do it. This. And I was like, because the book signing, I mean, the book signing was from 5 to 7. The DJ event was from 10 to 2. We couldn't get into the venue until 12. So I was like, oh, you know, that means it's two hours of um, time that I won't be where I need to be. Two hours, two two to three hours, because, you know, I was going to make it there about three. 233. Um, I shouldn't, two parts. At a later point in my career, I should be able to do three things in a day, like how it was spaced out. Um, and that's my goal is to be able to do, because 10 to 2 was easy. Five to seven, enough time. Um, and then if I had a residency that night from nine to 12 or nine to two, I should have been able to do all three. But the thing is organization. 
she ain't there yet. Not I can admit, not completely there yet. And that and this event showed me because I will say, um, one thing uh Ezra had told me, he was like, Yeah, Chloe, next time make a list. Because he, he he was like, it was funny because it's like Ezra, he's like one of my really good friends as well. And he was like I had a place for the palettes to go. I'm going to tell y'all this. There was a place for the palettes to go. But um, the guy co-producing it with me told everyone that he didn't know. And I was like, bro, we just spent the day together yesterday. And I said, they're going to go here if it doesn't rain. And so, you I know. I picked up them palettes Saturday morning. And that young man said to me, did Chloe give you any direction? I said, for what? He's talking about, you know, like any direction like what a palace is supposed to go or anything like that i was like no but <laughs> i mean you don't know where nothing going he was like nah and literally <laughs> i had just spent the day with him and gene believed him uh because he knows me in a different way but ezra was like i just know i just know she didn't mm -mm. i just know she did not tell you that there is nowhere for them to go no that's I not believed true because i believed him ezra was, was like that's poppycock uh, nope. And I was like, nope, they go here. <laughs> um, Nick, where are you at? <laughs> Which one, if, you, if, if you would have shown up and he would have told you. Mm -mm. You would have believed there was a miscommunication well, between them two. Well, hold on. First of all, me and her already talked about this. Yeah. And when I told her that you believed him, I was like, well, given you and y'all's <laughs> past, <laughs> I can see why Gene, you know, believed that. Because we talked about it last week when I was like, well, I just would have called right then and there because you had said that you had already called her he multiple times that day. That yeah, I had spoken to her three times already. And keep in mind, I am DJing. And, I, and every time he calls me, I mean, I he can hear me blaring. like, oh, what's up, everyone? Da, 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 da. Well, I didn't want to yell that part to the mic because I was loud. Yeah, but fine. yeah, like, you know, he every time he called me, I was, you know, on the mic doing the thing or I'm like trying to switch songs or getting ready to announce something. So I could tell he was like, I'm only calling you because I have to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I believed him when he said, nah, I don't know. And Ezra wasn't. So, Nick, where would you have been? Would I have believed that you said nothing? I would have. Honestly, I wouldn't have believed that you had been planning this for this long and you didn't know where anything went. So I would okay. think that you would have left somebody with some information given that this was an actual event that you had been actually that you had been planning. I mean, you also used to work together. Right. Now, so. Because if I would have gotten there and it would have been like zero. I know what it looks like when you have not planned anything versus when you actually have planned something. And had you not planned anything, I have a feeling that you actually would have been there not and not have taken the DJ I, gig. Yeah, so, facts. Oh. Yeah. Um, See, you know. Yeah. But again, he's worked with me. Me and you have, I don't think technically speaking, we have actually worked. No, we have a very personal working relationship. Yeah. A so, personal working. Yeah. Like family. I mean, no, like for yeah. real, like family. Like you're like my, like my, like my brother would come in and just be yeah. like, oh, okay. And so therefore, you know me from like my mama, how she be like, you can be an amazing anything with your room and clean. Exactly. <laughs> like that's how you I mean, come at stuff. No, y'all. Here you go. Prime example of why I believed him last week, today, last night. The reason we're <laughs> recording today on a Saturday is because, you know, they were like, you know, this is Memorial Day weekend. So, OK, cool. They hit me up last night. Clover was like, hey, can we record tomorrow? I was like, sure. But I got a studio session between two and six. She was like, OK, so what, I said, so nine or ten in the morning. Just pick which one. She says, all right, ten is cool. She texts Nick and says, yeah. 
10 work for you? He said, yeah. She said, all right, cool. I'll see you at nine. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is he knows his conversation for baby. He's not even looking at the text message no. and he knows exactly how it went. And no, how we realized the mistake was uh, around eight. Something. 845. Yeah. I called her and was like. No, Nick text. I'm about, oh. to, I'm about to leave in 10. Oh, yeah. At eight. He texted like 810. Because I'm y'all, about to leave. I have an hour drive out here, depending on traffic. I live pretty far. So, you know, there's nothing worse than me driving in an hour and being on time, or at least the earliest person here in Clover who lives about 15 minutes east (laughs) is nowhere to be found. (laughs) We're like, where's she? So, but I thought about that time. But no, that makes sense. Because, y'all, I really did was like, okay, yeah, 10 works. See, yeah, nah. Because Nick was sure. I was like, why is he coming so early? Yeah, I got the text (laughs) message. So, about 9.45, I texted back about 8.00. 30, 820 something and said, all right, cool. So I get up. I'm doing what I need to do this morning. And I it just didn't sit well in my spirit <laughs> that he was leaving his house at 815 to be here at 10 <laughs> because it's a Saturday morning and it's Saturday so mornings early. in Dallas aren't that. It ain't that bad. Right. Like mm, it's, he shouldn't be leaving. He don't need two hours to get here. He don't need two hours to get here. <laughs> right. So I called her and I said, did you tell him the right time? She says, yeah, I told him 10. I don't know why he come in so early. Maybe he just, you know, maybe he just trying to get a, a head start. I said, that's too much of a head start. I said, check your text messages. This girl checks her text messages and says, oh, I see what I did. I told him 10, but then I said, okay, cool. See you at 9. So he just coming at 9. Let me get up. 8.45, 9 o'clock. She talking about let me get up. <laughs> So she was still in bed. I was just trying, y'all. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, again, but that's like that personal relationship he knows. So it's like sometimes it blurs over into like work. Um, but I did have a place for them damn pallets um, and how I wanted them set up. Um, I wasn't sure. So. I know he wasn't. Because, I mean, the thing is they had to bring the pallets inside just to bring them <laughs> back outside. And I was like, why would we do this? Because, I mean, if it's going to rain on them, it's going to rain on them. I was okay with them being outside getting yeah. rained on because we weren't going to use them for the event yeah. had it rained. I got their answer. It was like, so where are these supposed to go? I said, I don't know. I'm just dropping them off. This ain't my event. He sure did. But we got there. We got them all moved. And then he came back in the clutch and picked them up because no one else would help. So, I mean, I will say there are things that I need to, that I kind of like what you say, I've been me too long. Um, so there are things that I will do moving forward and that's more so making my contingency plan, my main plan, um, or at least letting someone know that they're the contingency plan. Um, so that way things can kind of get done because what I've learned about like event production is, there's, there's normally a very small team when it comes to event production. My friend is always like, you know, you can be able to hire people. And I was like, <laughs> and I thought about money? it with this event. Like, <laughs> A, with what money? Um, and B, even when I make the money. And I realized that event production, um, <laughs> most of the time you're trying to keep cost as low, low as possible. Yeah. So you cut costs when it comes to labor. So that way either the money, so the money can be spent on things. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about like, okay, BET awards and other events I've done. And I realized I've done major events and they rely a lot on people who get free tickets <laughs> to yeah. the event. Like they're not getting paid, but you're working an eight hour day to kind of be able to go, for example, to the BET awards. Mm-hmm. You're helping set up and do all this stuff with the expectation of a free ticket yep. or two. 
Um, and that's just what it is. It's really not too many people that, um, like you think about the fair, when the fair comes, they have a whole volunteer crew that kind of comes in and makes sure things are set up opposed to, uh, actual fair staff. Yep. The fair, the money reserved for that type of stuff is people who are actually working it, not people who are coming in, putting it together. Yeah. They get maybe a season pass and a couple of tickets. And, they can ride rides yeah. and everything. And that's really it. Um, so it's more so of trying to figure out the most time-effective way to produce events without breaking the bank. Because if I pay everybody that help, it's gonna, there ain't going to be no money left over. Um, and cause most event production companies I see are like nine people. They're very, very small. And the nine people are more so like you handle vendors, you handle this. Like if we think about that episode of insecure, she really didn't have that many people helping her. Mm-hmm. She had an assistant and I'm pretty sure the people that helped were vol- community volunteers. Yeah. Um, she wasn't really paying out people cause she didn't make no money. How did yeah? How did she even put that event on? I mean, donations <laughs> to the event yeah. and volunteers. I'm about like, to say because it looked like it was like a nonprofit thing. Yeah, so it was like a community. It was a community yeah. initiative. She went out there raising, you know, um, she went out there trying to get the vendors and stuff the herself. Fundraiser. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Remember that homegrown block party? Yeah. That yeah. Molly called it. That's but this what is it the is. Thing with that, y'all. I love Insecure. We watch it, but I still take issue. With that season and how they did, I didn't feel they showed us enough, Issa Rae. I feel like you didn't show show us enough of you putting that event together because that block party, Molly called it homegrown. It didn't not seem the block party, the the apartment at her apartment complex. That was the homegrown one. Oh yeah, but all them people gave that much money. Yeah, those few people because yeah. that block party was lit. Well, she had the right people there. That's really what it's about, and that's why the girl was trying to teach her like what to say and why people should donate. Oh, because them people, that block party was lit with like I was like they were like they had they spent thousands, hundreds, because they had nice everything. And then the vendors were like real vendors, so yeah, like, people like no for real, real life. Like yeah. people won a vendor spot to kind of be on the show for oh. their business. It was really nice. Oh. Um, but again, it's like organization, but normally in those type of events, you don't have a lot of people, a lot of people on payroll putting hands to the nope. on the ground. They probably get a meet and greet with the celebrity, you know, they get an incentive. Yeah. Um, and where I am in my career, um, you know, I have the luxury of my friends and, you know, but a lot of it is organization and making sure that I can do it myself or when I do ask for help or I do hire people, it's very detailed in what I need them to do. Kind of like with you. Yep. Can you pick up the pallets? Can you drop them off? Boom. Bet you didn't expect your helper to tell the person that was co-producing to tell you, I don't know where nothing's supposed to go. Yeah, you I did not expect that. that one. But like uh, my I would have expected me. that from you. I would. From her, you <laughs> would have expected that? No, no. For no. him to be like, I don't know where they go. No, no, I would have expected a minute. Oh, you saying she's just not expecting uh, what you call it? She wasn't expecting him, him to tell to, me oh, yeah. nothing. To be like, I don't know. Like, we just didn't spend a day together. I'm a, <laughs> we going to fight if you're listening. Because I told you the day before, you know the they going to go right here. And she picked, he picked you of all people to tell that to. That's what makes of it hilarious. Of all people. Of all the people for No, to, to ask. Say. Like, no, the worst part of him asking. Yeah. Did she give you any instructions? I mean, that question to me. 
Means that you are completely lost. Yeah, and it burned me up a little bit, but I had to say to myself, it ain't my event. No, I don't know. Because anything. I would where you picked them up at <laughs> is where I would have had you drop them off at. Exactly. Because it made sense. You didn't even have to put them anywhere. Just stack them right here. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, he straight. Did she give you any instructions? What? Yeah, it's the fact that he asked you that question of all. The, he could have asked anyone else that question, but had it, it has had to have been you. But he caught me on a day where I was, I chose not to care that he <laughs> asked me that. Well, you know. Because Gene would have called him and like, he would have FaceTime. where do these go? Yeah, no, because yeah. he would have been extra irritated. You need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you need to take a minute. Yeah. But you're not going to have me out here. You he didn't just told me. me. He don't know where these supposed to go. That don't make no sense to me. He asked me for instructions. What have y'all been doing? I would have stopped her whole DJ set. She would have been up there at the front looking like. He probably I mean, would have looked I, at I, my I, location and came in. Where does it need to go? Yeah. He would have been in Allen. In yes. Allen. <laughs> Looking like what do you like? What do you mean? Asking me? I have done nothing. <laughs> you need to put that on a playlist right now. Yes. And slide to the side and FaceTime me and tell me where these pellets go. That's facts. Gene would do that. Hey, that man asked me, "Did she give you any instructions?" And like we had just spent the full Friday together. Full Friday going to Albertsons and everywhere. You know who you are. We love you, but I was I chose not to care that day, bruh. And I appreciated it. <laughs> um, I ain't even gonna lie. But like I said, one thing I didn't learn in these <laughs> events is uh, with delegation, dedica- delegation needs to come list um, and where they go. And it would have been nothing for me to uh, take a picture or create a diagram and be like, hey, can you drop them off right there? So the things in my control, I'm going to be a lot more hands-on about um, because that was the issue. Like, it could have been rather we agree to disagree, disagree to yeah. agree about what could have been done prior to. We had all the materials day of. Yeah. And day of should could have went smoother if I would have been more organized and saying, hey, this needs to go here. This yeah. needs to go there. And all of that, and more project manager yeah. opposed to very like live fair. Let me like go a take a DJ ago. event. No, if I'm gonna take a DJ <laughs> event, because I'm not taking that back. I need that money. <laughs> <laughs> it, but I mean, that's that's the realness of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Is sometimes you can't make the quote unquote best decision. The best decisions for you, business wise, what would have been easier for me was to not take it. But I mean, that was. Basically, I get paid a few hundred to DJ. When you take DJ event, when you do stuff like that, when you book yourself like that, people, and you at that point, you since you can't be specific, you know, in the place actually in the details that day, you need to have your details written out. That stuff needs to be sent to people. When I finish with old boy, instructions need to be sent to everybody. Instead of emailing you, instead of texting you, can you the next day? I probably should have called. And I probably should have went through a run of day with you just in case. Yeah. Um, hey, this is what I'm going to need. We're not getting any follow-up. This is what I need. I need it dropped off over here. Um, this person should be handling all of this. If you have any questions, they should be able to answer them. But this is what I need you to do, how I need you to do it, when I need you to do it. Yeah. Um, and now that I kind of, like I said, it was a great experience because I'm going to let y'all know the event was amazing. Yeah. Um, the pictures look great. Um, the client had an amazing time. He loved it. Um, and that's really what matters. Um, but the biggest thing is until I get into a position where 
I am making buku money. Um, and I can trust people. I'm at the mercy of my friends. So when I do call on their help, I need to make it as easy as possible. And then when I am paying people, I need to be able to pay them for a task. That way there's no confusion. Cause that's what I don't want is to be giving somebody some money and they sitting around. <laughs> Cause, um, Remember I, how we talked about those jobs when people, when the place is empty and you just sitting around. Yep. Now you see why they be like, Oh no, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with you. If I book you for two hours and you finish whatever I need you to do in in 30 minutes and you chilling, I paid you to complete the task. And just cause you completed it early, I'm not going to penalize you. But my biggest thing is if I would have paid a moving company and they would have dropped them pallets off inside the house, <laughs> like or inside I did. The venue, now I got to move them from inside the venue to outdoor and them ain't, they not light and I don't they have a big not. crew. <laughs> To help me move them. So it's like I would have been a little upset. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like I paid someone to have them moved in the right place. And the fact that, like I said, someone told you you don't know where they go. Now yeah. I have to move them is upsetting. And when I came to pick them up, y'all, they weren't even there. Yeah. So, like I said, you live, you learn, um, and list. List and all of that is going to go now into, like, my whole event production. Like, everything from, like... I need three loaves of bread to, you know, one can of jelly um, and all yep. of that. And really like allowing the time because I look back and I'm like, had I been a little bit more organized, I could have came over here and we could have created an assembly line to get that stuff done. Yeah. Just because I wanted company doing it to, you know, ensure that it's done. Yeah. Opposed to waking up and all of that because y'all were DJ and I also had to source my music. Uh, Cause it was a block party, so I can't just be up there all willy nilly. And most DJs prep their music before an event, and what prep is make sure that they have a pool of music they're gonna use for this event. So, like I said, it's a block party, so I'm like, oh, pop, get there, and they won't rap. <sighs> it was a day. Well, they rap like, is pop. Well, These they wanted more. They wanted Jumped more hoopty hoopty hoop. I the bop. That. They wanted more the baby versus uh <laughs> yeah. Billy Irish. <laughs> they wanted like all of that. So I was like, oh, I'm only here trying to like bang bang. They wanted 3635 area. <laughs> oh, they, goodness. they didn't want bang bang. <laughs> they didn't want the uh what's them songs that this is uh the part when I say I don't wanna. Yeah, <laughs> they, they didn't, didn't want <laughs> that. They didn't wanna. I'm going to be a pop star. I'm going to be a movie. They yeah. didn't want that. They didn't want no dirty pop. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted. Um, I needed some, some bop in yes, it. Yes, they needed some, sh- <laughs> some bop in it. And I did not have that bop shit ready. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, I was like, whoa. And let me tell you how I had to run back to Shot Shot Fly like a good 10 times. Oh, like, because he did like the owner of the uh, apartment complex. He did a. Uh, uh, um, a dance contest. Yeah. And it was so funny because, you know, I'm like running back. Like I done played this song out. So I'm over here having both my sides ready. And I'm like, so I had to go to the left. Take it back now, y'all. It's the end. And I also had to go back to the left. Take it back now, y'all. Like a million times. It was it was good. But I mean, he was DJ. Run it back. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me let me run it back. <laughs> and the whole t- and then it ran over. And that's another thing I will say. It's oh. like with this um just preparation is everything, man, because it ran over. I ended up, it was supposed to be over at 2, wasn't over to 2.30, and that's typically not a problem for me. The problem comes in when um, 
you know, you have to, you have to dance. <laughs> I mean, you have to be somewhere. And that was the thing because I give myself a minimum of 30 minutes to break down. So like I said, all in all is good life lessons, but that's like entrepreneurship. It is all you and talking to you made me realize that's the difference between, you know, it's a very subtle difference in event production for a, a job and event production for uh, yourself. Yeah, because um, what that means is you have to. I was making lists and doing all of this stuff to be prepared for events that I didn't have to personally go and purchase everything for. Exactly. If I'm doing that, you could have ordered your pallets. Yeah, but if I'm gonna do this, what is if I'm doing this for you know for this sort of stuff when I have some sort of resources? If I'm in your predicament, that means I gotta work even harder. I got to pick up stuff a lot. I got to actually go and give myself more time to even to get the the tools that I need in order oh, to exactly. have what I want. Mm-hmm. So I got to be even more prepared than what I was before. So I guess that was my, I guess that was my issue. It was like, girl, if I was doing all of that and I had some sort of resources to pull from, you need to be doing more than what I was doing, but you need to be at least doing what I was doing to be even halfway prepared, you right. know, I guess that's, that was more so my yeah. mindset. Yeah. Because you even have the small details to worry about with way less resources. Like, yes, you can get pallets from, from the back of Walmart, but it's like, what if there are only three and you need 25? Yep. And that's multiple almost what we ran into. Yeah, no. Yeah. So you, that means you have to go to multiple Walmarts. If yeah. you're cooking anything, that means you need to have your food and ingredients ready. So you need to know, okay, well, what can I buy now Because I, that I can freeze so it won't spoil? Or what can I do here? You know, like, it would have been bits and pieces. And, you know, like you said, making a list. Like, you know, that's the first thing. We we personally created our shared list that we have for here, you know, for the podcast. So we knew, you know, we know talking points. We can, you know, we can we can sync calendars at this point if we need to, you know, just so we can be available to record and know what we're doing and when, you know. Um, and so we can prioritize because the biggest thing of planning, especially when you don't have a team, an official one that is, is, you know, the planning. And that's where, you know, everything kind of, you know, took a, well, could have taken a dive because it it came out very well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's um that's what I learned because there were things I could have done early that weren't going to change, like the affirmation jars. <laughs> Those could Y'all, have been done weeks. She called me on my way to go pick up the pallets. <laughs> so can you? I'm a, can you? Can y'all print these affirmations <laughs> off? And not to mention, the thing was, she said, "Yeah, I'm gonna send them to you." 30 minutes went by and she hadn't sent him. So even if I was ready to go, I couldn't have left because she still hadn't sent the affirmations. I thought I sent them because I'm DJing at this time. Yes. So it's like I'm doing this. I had it in my outbox. I just didn't press send. Yeah. All of that, y'all. I'm not hard on her for no reason. I mean, he was actually very nice to me yesterday. My TAB scene went out last week, and I had a, a demo last night, and I'm doing my D, uh, my TABC license in the morning. He didn't say one negative thing. Yeah. He was just mm-hmm. like, good job, you got it done. Yeah, I'm trying to be a little different. I'm not, I don't want to call it better. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. I'm not well, trying to be better. I'm just it. trying to be different. I take it because I was like, I was surprised. I said it a good time. I just did my TABC and I have 
a demo at four o'clock. Well, you know, can you send me the link for that? I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna comment, y'all. I'm trying to be different. I appreciate it. Um, and I got it done. A little late, but got done. But yeah, so uh but yeah, Nick, from what you tell me, you understand what busy's like. So when you work, you know, in the corporate world and you have your busy season and doing like the type of stuff that you do, is there any prep that makes it easier or you just kinda have to bear and grin it? Oh no, there's definitely prep. Um, so as I submit grants for uh, medical research, so a grant is just like submitting a grant for you know a scholarship or something like that for school, just on a much grander scale as far as the amount of money, uh, the documents needed. Like it's not just an essay, so you may need fifteen, twenty documents of science and you know and what the research is going to entail. If you're going to use people, animals, you know, samples, things like that. Um, grants usually have a submission period from that usually ranges within a few months. So like the one that's closing next week, it is it ran, I think, from March through now. So typically in January, I start my process like, hey, um, I reach out to all of the people that I know will be submitting for the research and I or who may possibly submit. And I say, hey, this grant submission cycle is going to start this date. Um, you know, you need to, if you're going to actually apply for it, let me know so I can get you out the documents that you need and you can get me back the doc. You can get me back those documents completed prior to, you know, it being too late because not only do we have a deadline that these grants have to be submitted, but we have internal deadlines that the, like we have a 14 day non-science deadline. So all of your non-science documents, like your budgets have to be done 14 days before the submission date. Then we have a three day science deadline. So everything that entails, that includes science, you know, has to be submitted three days before the grant submission date. That gives us time to review and update those 14 day non-science documents prior to and, you know, and make sure we don't have to make any corrections, add anything if we forgot it, you know, anything like that. So there's definitely a lot of preparation. There has to be because I work with doctors and doctors, funny enough, are the most unorganized people you will ever meet in your life. Their scheduling is awful. <laughs> their <laughs> their availability is even worse. So, like, when I tell you I'm scheduled eight to five, but I'll be up you know, on my phone chatting with one of my doctors, maybe 11, 30 p.m., 12 o'clock in the morning, whatever, just because a lot of times they also teach. So them yeah. teaching, they're not available eight to five. They're teaching classes. They're teaching students. They're, you know, they're bringing in new doctors to, you know, get the research done. And it's a lot. So it's like you kind of have to bear and grit that part of it because but at the same time, I'm also prepared for their scheduling. So I have to make sure at least all of my basic administrative things are done. All of my housekeeping items are in order, given that I already know I'm going to have volatility when it comes to dealing with the person-to-person -person aspect of my job. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of planning involved with it. So there's a lot of bear and grading, yeah, but there's way more planning that kind of helps with the bear and grit that I have to deal with. I don't mm. like your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my job is a process. Like one grant, like if I have, we, I have two big submission cycles a year and then I have some smaller ones in there. And like in between those, like 
during a submission cycle, I can't be off of work the four weeks leading up to the due date. So I have one that's due on the second. So that means from May 2nd to June 2nd, I wasn't taking any like vacation time. You can have a day off if you need it for something like a doctor's appointment or if you just need a day. But having multiple days off with deadlines coming up, no, you don't even ask. Like, And it sucks because this deadline that we have, well, this grant submission that we have now, it happens at the same time every year. So every year... It is the same weekend as Memorial Day weekend. So everyone is like all hands on deck. So what we try to do is get it done early so we can all enjoy the weekend. Because if you don't, it doesn't matter. You're working the weekend. Like you're working Memorial Day. You're working the day before, day after, whatever. You're working it. So yeah. it's just like it's best to just try to get it done as soon as possible. Ooh, I, you Ooh. know, I'm I'm in that middle ground between the two of you. Nick, I couldn't do no job that tell me. <laughs> I would be, I would, boy, tell me you can't take off. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, I, it's funny because. I understand people... why they're telling you that, <laughs> but I don't think I'm built for them like that. Yeah, no, it's actually pretty funny because I seen a post like a few weeks ago with somebody saying when I take off of work, when I'm, it's a, when I'm requesting time off, it's a courtesy of me telling you that I will not be here those days. And I was like, hmm, you're asking to not have your job because no if, th that's how it is like in it mm -hmm. well yeah we don't was in particularly at, at the company i work for they have i've had bosses tell me this is your pto time it is yours right do what you want to with it if you need to take off take off so i, so I don't ask for pto i send a message hey i'm going to be gone right and then that's just it <laughs> there's no questions or nothing really after that Unless so, I offer it. <laughs> well, no, technically they can't ask you why you're taking off, but they can tell you, no, I need you here. So anything after that, if you call in, if you're not there, that's on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and a lot and, of jobs are like that. Right. My job ain't. And technically, like, my main job is I'm an accountant. That's my title as accountant. The yeah. grant submission part of my job is a... It's a secondary, but it's also a main thing that I do. You know, mm -hmm. it's just something that I have to do. And we could honestly bring in people to submit the grants for us. But as the accountant, because I manage these grants, it's easier if we do the submission because we have all the documents. I don't have to worry about I, I don't like middlemen in general just because I don't like having to worry about somebody else going to somebody else for me to get information. I want to be able to get it since I'm managing it and just do what I got to do. Um, so... By day, and I'm an, I'm an accountant anyway, so even the first 10 days of the month, because I have to close out a month every month. You know, we close out all financials the first 10 days of the month. So even the first 10 days of the month, we're not on vacation. You're there. Because no matter what, you can take off, but your deadlines don't change, and your performance is based on you meeting deadlines. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I my you know, as, as tight as our schedule is, it's actually pretty lax because i mean we've recorded here on days where i was on the clock and working you know and i mean i don't care my boss is not like super like tough on us Because it's more about you getting it done get your job done yeah that's right she knows oh, i get okay. my stuff done so yeah it's like Ooh. as long as it's there and if she reaches out and if she reaches out and i just have to make sure i respond you know what i'm okay. saying so if we were recording and she reached out okay well pause this what's going on you know laptops in the bag so it's like hey just you know log on do what you got to do and call it what you call it but it's yeah. you know and i wouldn't take the time to come here and record if it was if i was busy that you know when i've come yeah. here and record twice or something whatever how many times we haven't been doing anything so it's been kind of like 
you know, okay. whatever. Yeah. So it's not really like that, that strict, you know, but yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people that got different jobs and stuff. Um, work for the county, the city, stuff like that. I ain't built for no job like that either because they tell them they can't take off. I think Chloe, the job she worked at, they'd be like, we got two and a half people off today, so you can't take off. I ain't mm-hmm. built for that either. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> Quotas and telling me I can't leave. I, oh, yeah. What? Coverage is a real thing with some people. And like with me, I have, it's just two of us as, I, as like my backup. So yeah. it's, I'm her backup. She's my backup. So if one of us is off, the other person's there. So even like that with like vacations, holidays and stuff like that. So when I took off two weeks for Christmas, she was there every day. So it helps that for me, I lucked up because she's Ethiopian. So they have a completely different calendar of holidays Ooh. than we do. So the days she needs to be off, exactly. it's probably for you and nothing is She'd be like, oh, yeah, February. Oh, February. I don't do anything in February, but yeah. wait for the month to end. Great. Let me go ahead and do what you got to do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She'd be gone for two. She'd be gone a whole month of February. I wouldn't care. You know? Yeah. So it's cold. I'm not outside like that. So, yeah, go do what you got to do. So, but she was like, yeah, as long as I'm your backup, your mind, you can pretty much always have Christmas, New Year's off. Like, Mm. so I was like, okay, cool. Works for me. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like I said, it's just, it's very different. And I will say, like I keep saying, entrepreneurship versus regular, I mean, versus working for somebody isn't really a thing. It's making sure you do what you love. Yeah. It's making a way to do what you love to do. And that's really where the stress is off. But I will say I am happy that I do event protection for myself and for the client opposed to doing it for a company because that's two layers of the same BS. Like I thought about that the other day. I was like, if I worked for a company, like I kind of did when I was doing it at that one place that was lying to me, I had to make sure the owner of the business was happy. (laughs) And then I also had to make sure that the client is happy and at any time I could get thrown under the bus and you know, that's messed up. Like, yeah. I mean, I, when I worked in the university, I, my, I worked as if like, you know, I had a boss. And so I had to make sure that I was not running around like a chicken with my head cut off the day of the event, because my boss is not just looking at how well the event Mm -hmm. looks. He's also looking at me. He's looking to see if, I don't have all my I's dotted and T's crossed. And I'm Correct. am I making it happen or is it happening because I was prepared? Like am right. I I forgot this. I didn't do that. So now he don't know where I'm at. My there's also for me, I, I had to work to a level to where the day of the event didn't look like it did it looked nice and I didn't look stressed. Correct. So that was that's kind of my standpoint from an event. I remember well, I worked with Clover on some of the events for that other company. And I would be like, they'd be like, oh, this event went so well. And I'm like, it looked nice, but y'all was running around like your chicken with your head cut off all day, the whole event. <laughs> nothing was planned. Nothing was prepped. Y'all was doing this. Y'all was doing that. And to me, that is still stressful yeah. for the people that are working the event. So to me, yeah, the outside looked nice, but the, the inside was like a... a, a tornado so a real good event to you is when backstage is calm when backstage is if things happen of course that are not you know of course there's some things you cannot control they already regardless but if there are things you could have stopped that from happening that didn't have to happen that way (laughs) it didn't have to happen that way (laughs) you could have did something different not to have this going on then to me yeah that takes away from me being a worker 
on exactly. something, the whole experience of it. No, That's I agree. to me. No, I'm with you on that because actually that is pretty much like what we were talking about today with like cooking on holidays. Like, yeah. especially, you know, like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Like, I, as much as I enjoy those holidays, in my adult life, I spend both of them cooking the entire day. So Thanksgiving, I'm cooking all day. So by the time I actually get ready to sit down and enjoy dinner, I, I'm i tired. I look like shit. I feel like shit. So I'm like, I kind of don't even want to eat at this point. I just want to <laughs> yeah. go to sleep. Like, my feet hurt, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I kind of just want to go to bed now, you know? And that's kind of what it is. Yeah, but so I get exactly what you're saying because, I mean, it's not like you can prep is you know too much for too much more than you do for thanksgiving dinner besides having things seasoned early and put away or exactly. you know pre-packed or wrapped or whatever you're going to do if you want to pre- yeah it's the it's the process you shouldn't it. be running to the store the day of thanksgiving if you go that to the, part that's like illegal in my house there's <laughs> no reason why you're going to a store on thanksgiving unless you run out of alcohol and in that point you're just going to get wine at that point but exactly other than that yeah you shouldn't be buying anything because everything needs to have been seasoned days before exactly I mean, you should have went to the store not trying to be funny you got if you got paid last week <laughs> or heck even if you got paid two weeks ago you should have went and bought your stuff the last check you got before thanksgiving oh so <laughs> i get paid monthly so between i get paid the first business day of a month so thanksgiving at the end of the month so i need to i get my stuff right exactly. after halloween like November 1st, store, go get what you need to get. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, the last check you get yes. before the holiday, you should be buying. We talked about that with like rent yeah. stuff before, too. Like, exactly. people be like, they don't got their rent, but it's like, but you had a paycheck previously. The last so paycheck you if had. If you had enough to cover rent, your rent should have been paid. Everything else came later. Don't matter when. I, probably I don't, ain't going to have my rent till Friday. So I see, hope my mama's going to be tripping because. I don't get paid till Friday. Didn't so. you have an didn't you have an event and a previous paycheck? I mean, both of them didn't give me nearly as much as I needed to do. I mean, my <laughs> check was so little from that darn part time job I got. I was like, I might need to quit. That's how little that dang check was. Like you spent more in it gas. It was three hundred dollars for two weeks of work. I'm Ooh. gone to share it. I was like, I had to tell my manager, this can't happen again. Friend, that is disrespectful. Yeah. I felt and I don't normally feel disrespected. I 14 felt, days have went by, and I have made $300. When I tell you that day, I almost <laughs> did not come back. When I got that deposit and I checked, I said, I'm, and I get commission. Ooh, that means that your check that was means probably you, even less. Even less. When I tell you, I almost quit. I almost grabbed my, I almost packed my shit in some of theirs. And I, <laughs> and I left. And I left. <laughs> Oh my God! That is a quote to live yeah. by. That is three hundred dollars <laughs> for two weeks. Two I just, weeks. I mean, there's some people you make three hundred in a day or two days, I not make, fourteen. I made more Thank than that you. DJ in that prom. Yeah. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I said with her, I said, look, uh, ma'am. If this happens again, I can't. Mm-mm. She was like, well, you used to do it all the time. I said, I did. Back when it was on my schedule, and they asked me if I could work, not me scheduling off days. You had a full-time job when they did yep. that. <laughs> this was, for real, extra money. Yeah. I was like, and I make, and I wasn't making provisions for work. Like, I didn't have to tell them I was going out of town. They would call me, can you work? No. Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> now you were asking me um, to submit my notice two weeks ahead of time. I said, man, uh-uh, it ain't the same. So, um, yeah, 
good old uh, RBI Incorporated is not getting her money. RL Incorporated is not getting her money until Friday. Ooh, that's going to be the what? The fourth. I mean, and, she, mm. and I'm going to be on a plane to uh, Florida before she gets her paycheck. In an apartment, you would already mm. have late fees. She's going to have a fit. Oh, my god! Are you prepared for the storm or are you going to tell her ahead of time? I'm actually going to tell her ahead of time. She's off really? this weekend, so I'm going to tell her like probably tomorrow. I can't wait to hear that. Can you call me? <laughs> People love to hear me and my mother communicate. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> no, it's an experience. <laughs> it is. Because like, they don't care that I'm on the phone. So like people who have heard it, my mom is very much aware mm-hmm. that I am on the phone and she don't care. Like I'll be in oh, the Oh, she bed. tries harder when she knows you're on the phone. <laughs> she knows <laughs> it. She said, you always on the phone. You're on the phone now, and your room isn't clean. That's why you don't have time to do what you need to do. You're always on the phone. Her comeback be like, well, I have an AirPod. <laughs> that be, be Clover. Talk about, like, I have an AirPod. I have two free hands. And she be laying in the bed. Like. Still laying in the bed, doing nothing. Y'all, she told me that room was clean <laughs> this week. I took a picture and sent it to Nicholas. <laughs> you he did. She told me, oh, yeah, my room is clean. It is good. I went over there 24 hours later. It looked like a tornado hit it again. I said, girl, what? It did. But, okay, so what's happening in pop culture? Like, what y'all look up this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's usually your thing. So oh. <laughs> yeah. you got to try to segue like that. You need to be prepared yourself. I mean, Exactly. <laughs> I don't really know too much about what happened this week. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I just know between last week and this week, it was a lot of killings and a lot yeah. of people dying. And, you know, that ain't my happy space. So I didn't really research it. I was like, oh, that's sad. And left it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since I'm your corporate captive, I guess I will actually do something that has to do with that today. Not to use my degree. That's going to be later. Okay. But, um, no, one thing that came out that people were talking about um, were – you know, with COVID and stuff going on, um, people who have worked from home for, you know, this entire time have kind of gotten entitlement now to feel like, you know, they should work from home. And so I think people are starting to use COVID as a bit of a crutch now to say, well, I'm not comfortable coming back. So now they are, you know, making companies and corporations seem like they're the bad guy for saying, hey, Y'all need to come back to work now. And people are like, well, I'm not comfortable coming back to work. And, you know, I guess my my take on that is, you know, if you're one of the people who are out and you, one, don't want to get a vaccine, two, you don't want to wear a mask, but you are going out and you're amongst the general pup, the general public and population, You know, I don't really see why you would have such a problem going back to the office at this point. You know what I mean? Like you have done everything else. People have been on vacations. People have been working from other places and you have a problem with going back to work now. And is it that you just feel entitled to work from home because you've been doing it? And because people have been like, well, we've proven that we can do it. So we should just be able to do it. And when we were being told about coming back to work, I was just like, well, hey, I was at work prior to the pandemic. I'm not going to wear a mask the whole time. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, you know, if I got to go back five days a week, I got to go back five days a week. A lot of companies were saying, hey, just, you know, we'll probably do one or two days a week or whatever the case was. And so they wound up giving us an option of choice. So personally, for my department, we are 
working from home. They told us until August is kind of like a trial thing when we're just, you know, everybody's kind of like, well, the trial was this past year and a half. <laughs> so that was your trial. But <laughs> <That's> true, <you laughs> yeah, know. no, they're probably they're more than likely going to keep us. I think they're just using August because that's technically our the end of our fiscal year. So mm-hmm. they're like, OK, we're just going to use August and then starting September, you all all be considered remote employees. But um yeah, I mean, it's just been this growing thing with people just complaining about working from home. And on top of that, people don't realize, you know, there are a lot of people who are talking about companies requiring either the vaccination or if you got it or didn't get it, proof that you have it. And that will determine, you know, a lot of people are up in arms about the proof thing, especially. And they're like, is it legal? And, you know, all this other stuff. And the thing about it, it's 100% legal. What people don't realize is in the medical field, they have to provide information on if they have what vaccinations it's on your id badge it's like they give you little stickers you know so people who work in the medical field typically have like these little stickers you know i know at my job we have stickers of if we got the flu shot covid vaccine there's stickers on our badges for it and it's 100 legal and people feel like that's gonna make people treat them differently and i'm like no no one really pays attention until it's important information it's just there to show that you have these vaccines especially if you're working in a place where you know you're going to deal with sickly people or people whose immune systems are compromised and that is especially in the workforce because sick people still work you know what i mean so um you know so that's just been a growing thing you know in the corporate world um so i just wanted to share that well i i i i I too would like to chime (laughs) in i saw this week and i had to look it up because i I saw it on facebook are you talking about my article I don't know what it is. Go ahead. Go call. I had posted, I had seen this where it said um, they have found a, IBM has created a microchip. No. Yeah. IBM has created a microchip that is small enough to go inside of a needle. Mm. Mm -hmm. I I saw it on Facebook and I was like, Facebook be BSing sometimes. So let me go Mm -hmm. look this up. I found it. it. They had. They have. And I I remember talking, I think, with you maybe a year ago. We were like, I was like, when they, it wasn't a year ago, but they were talking about a vaccine. And <clears throat> you were like, well, just like other people, well, the vaccine is going to be a liquid. How are they going to make this technology a liquid? And I don't think we really thought about them throwing a microchip inside of a needle. Mm-mm. We didn't think of that. <laughs> but I should. I knew then. I said, I don't know. I don't. I don't trust it. I feel like something gonna happen. And sure enough, here we go. I think it was May 11th or 12th. IBM told everybody that they have that now. So, what is the microchip for? People believe that the microchip is for, um, the potential, you know, mark of the beast sort of situation. <laughs> Oh. And that's why people don't want COVID nineteen vaccine because they like that's people, it. Yeah, and, and the <laughs> thing about it is, I I've watched the feed on Amazon. Y'all should try that. I watched the feed. I think it came out twenty eighteen. Oh mm-hmm. no, twenty nineteen. I watched that, and they were able. I said, you know, when I see stuff on TV, I feel like it's in existence sometimes. A lot of it, yeah. I mean, because a lot of it, they have to get the info from somewhere. Like yeah, somebody they, just has a very vivid imagination. Like, I don't think they be so. really detailed <laughs> when you see. Them on TV. I was like, this like, was super detailed, and they found mm-hmm. out a way in the show. The feed. What happened was everybody had been using this chip. Everybody was being microchipped inside of their their neck, but it was what they wanted to do. It was basically like our phones were put inside of their head. 
so that they okay. could scan music. They didn't need earphones anymore. They were able to watch TV in there, like in public without people knowing. They would be at events watching TV in their head and just getting all the news updates. Basically, it was your phone in your head. Dope idea. Well, the creators of this technology, their uh, their one of their sons had a um was married to a black chick. They were white, married to a black chick, and they had a kid. Well, their kid had the chip in it, but their kid was never chipped. What happened was the grandfather had taken, he found out a way to turn their DNA because apparently the chip had been in people so long that it started to become attached to their DNA. Okay. Because it was attached to their spinal fluid. And they were able, somehow they were able to turn it into, uh, they were able to make it blood related. So they were making people were born. So they were engineering genetics with the chip because they were passing it down. They were passing it down. So Mm -hmm. their child was one of the first people that was born. They apparently there were like 30 children had been born already that he had done this to without people knowing that this had been done to them. And so when I seen that, I was like, oh, that's weird. So now with this sort of stuff coming up, it just makes me be like, I don't know, y'all. I don't want that. Let me <laughs> let me hold off. Let me just wait. Let me look. A you know. A little bit longer. Let me I just wait. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, um, the article I thought you were going to say you saw was, um, we're now taking callers. Did y'all hear that? I wonder if y'all did. I don't know. Oh, I heard it I in my headphones. I <laughs> so heard, it, heard, it. heard it like on the phone. I'll go back and listen to it. Where were you at? Okay. Uh, there you go. Okay. I thought you were going to talk about the article that Forbes had that says that he showed people working from home are having sex, dating, taking naps, and doing side hustles on company time. Oh, yeah. Not the having sex. <laughs> <laughs> what and is the taking dating? The naps. <laughs> taking naps. <laughs> on company time from Look, the house. People have a real work-life balance these days working from home. But I mean, you know, like, but no, last year they were saying, um, like, but studies also show that people are super depressed from it too. So oh, I thought that they were productive. At no, no, work. no. There are some people who are very depressed because technically you need human interaction. People's depression is at an all-time high right now due to this pandemic and being at home all the time. So though. There are some people who have a more optimistic side. You have to remember there's always two sides to a spectrum, you know? So that that spectrum is, it has a very adverse effect as well, which is people are also depressed and, you know, drug usage is also up. Abuse is also up. There are a lot of things that due to this pandemic and being home. Yeah. Americans are excessively eating, drinking, smoking pot, playing video games and watching (laughs) porn while quarantined. Well, I mean, people are also being more productive at work. This is true. And working longer hours. Because you get your crap hours. done and be like, all right, I'm going to turn the clock for the rest of this day. Oh, I mean, for those who clock in, you are way more inclined to work longer and do more with the yeah. fact that, one, you, you've you had a lot more time to decompress when you're at home because you can get up, you can go work out on lunch without having to worry about being back by a specific time. Um, and the biggest thing for people is you're not sitting in traffic. The reason why people go flying out of work at 5 p.m. is so they can sit in traffic, you know, as least as possible. Because if you are there at 5.15, you may be in traffic in that one spot for two hours. So, you know, 15, 20 minutes makes a difference when leaving the office, depending on where you're going. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I appreciate the work from home. I really do. Um, 
uh, working in IT, we were able to work from home when we, you know, if we needed to, if our schedule, if we were like, yo, I got some stuff going on today, we could tell our boss, hey, I'm going to work from home, you know, this, that, and the third. But, you know, now with us working from home every day, yep. some of my, some of the people I work with, they were not, they were like, oh, I'm kind of getting, you know, I'm kind of over this work from home thing. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't really care if I see y'all or not. That's me. Yeah. Y'all cool, but if we was that cool, trust me, we would make the time. Yeah. Like seriously, I don't need to see y'all to know that we coworkers. I yeah. don't. I it's didn't like, know that y'all were my coworkers before I got here. So team outing. We we're gonna have a team lunch and we all get food and eat lunch on video time with Do each not other. Waste my time with I'm that. with that. I am <laughs> if they gonna pay for it. <laughs> Well, they pay for it once, but sometimes they'd be like, we're just going to have lunch together on the phone looking at each other. I'm like, uh-uh. What if I'm not hungry? I just, what if I just don't want to look at y'all? Thank you. That's First it. of all, <laughs> the last thing you're ever going to do, because people know I have this thing with sounds, and one of my sounds that I hate to hear is people eating. And the last thing you're ever going to get me to do is sit there with you and watch you eat. That is not happening. I yeah. feel like that's kind of gross, and yeah, mm-mm. I don't even eat dinner at my own house without a TV on because I don't like to hear people chewing. I, it's like, that is, yeah, nope. Oh. Mm-mm. We are not doing that. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I'm kind of happy and sad the world is opening up. I mean, I can get back to work, but uh, I enjoy doing nothing. But, hey, you know, it's summertime, so I'll be at the pool oh, sending emails. Goodness. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh um so then you was telling us about something going on with the oscars Grammys? oh the grammys they didn't add in more rules uh was it more rules no they no i'm sorry they didn't add more rules they took some uh restrictions away i guess it was interesting i found that interesting they um they had this restriction if you were like, you know, if you worked on an album that won like album of the year and stuff like that, it was a you have to if you're a producer on an album, you have to do 33 percent of the album total. Or if you wrote songs on an album, you have to have 33 percent credit writing credit on the album. That's just the percentage you have to have to be considered. They got rid of that and they are now giving it to even if you wrote a song or produced a song. They're giving all of them album of the year. And also they're adding back. They they didn't have it for years, but then they gave it they gave it out for a while, which is featured artists on an album. Even if you're like doing if you're do a feature on an album, you would win album of the year. They decided to bring that back. They had it for about ten years. It got rid of it. Now they're bringing it back. So I mean they're just doing things differently now. I thought that was okay, interesting. Yeah. The weekend still is saying he is not. Um, so does that mean <laughs> that I could get something for my songwriting credit when you get your Grammy? Yes. What? I can get a yeah. Grammy? If I was to win album of the year, yes, you would win one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For my song. Y'all, I have a songwriting credit. I'm well, no, so you know, a song, a credit writing and mm-hmm. a feature, you know, I don't know. I, oh, I guess if you're in your feature, a lot of a lot of the features typically have their writing on their feature. A lot uh-huh. of them do. Yeah. 
as far as producing a song in its entirety, I guess I can see it because that is part of the entire oh, yeah. project. Of course, you know they used to have it like that. If you right. produced any song on the album, well, yeah, because that's how Kanye West got so many Grammys. Yeah, but then they they changed it for the past couple of years to where you have to be. You could produce on an album, but if you didn't do at least thirty three percent, if there's nine tracks and you did two. That's not 33%. Exactly. You needed to do probably four to make sure that you got your 33%. I mean, it helps with the people who have a different producer for each album because they're trying to make... For you every know, song. Because they're trying to make stuff be like an actual... They're trying to put more pressure on the artist to say, hey, you need to use your artistry to do this is what it sounded like for a while because they used to I mean do it writers too. I definitely agree with the writing rule for sure. Like, yeah. you know, hey... Well, they brought it back. Now, well, it... This is what happened. Writers used to didn't get it. The way the Grammys worked in 20, 2007, they decided to add every producer and every featured artist on an album. Mm-hmm. So that means if an album got uh, Herbie Hancock, his album full of features, right. every single person on that album got won an album of the year Grammy mm-hmm. when he won in 2008. They cha- that went on from like 2008 all the way until about 2017. Mm-hmm. They got rid of that the year Bruno Mars won um, album of the year, but they they got rid of giving it to every producer, and they added the oh if you do 33 percent writing, you now can also get a Grammy. So that's been going on for the past four years. Now they've gotten rid of both rules, brought back the feature artists, brought back the uh, every producer on an album, and got rid of the 33% for writers and just makes it to where if you wrote any song on that album, even if it was one, i.e. Clover, having what? a piece. Having her one line on her. Your... Yeah, her writing <laughs> credit on on my song Selfish, literally, if I would have won a Grammy for album of the year she has a with Grammy. that song on it, she would win a Grammy she's for that. An award, she's a Grammy award she winning writer. She's a gra- yes. <laughs> she literally could say that. Shout out and it's to like me. For album of the year. And it's like, but she didn't write on the whole album. My she wrote business. one song. My business. And that's what, so I, I'm not against it. It is a little bit different, but it, hey. You know, for me, it's going to be based on an honor system because the bottom line is this. Anyone who knows music and anyone who listens to it is going to know, yeah, you got that, but we know you didn't get it for your work, you know, because the bottom line is it's going to say where you got it from. And if you, I mean, for me, if I was an artist of any sort and my Grammy, especially like if it was like my only one came from being a feature on a song because the song won a Grammy, not just my feature, or I, you know. have certain Grammys that are, you know, Somebody that I used to know by Gautier and right. Kimber. They won record of the year for that song. Correct. Record of the year is for the performance. She performed on the song. She had a very major part. Correct. Um, and it goes to the whole production of the song and engineering and mixing. Mm-hmm. They also won a Grammy for Best Group of Duo Pop Performance, which is specific for a group or duo. A group of, group of duo. Right. So she won a Grammy for that. She got two Grammys. Had his album one album of the year mm-hmm. she was on one song right she would have won a grammy for album of, of the year, year correct under that because again she was still under the before 2018 features getting an album of correct. the year grammy for one song and i think that for me is where as an art if i was an artist because 
I judge my performance on how well I do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So if I had all of this music out and I featured on a bunch of music as well, mm-hmm. and none of my music won any awards, but the award that I got was from featuring on something or writing a piece on something that was my award, I would feel like I don't even want it because <laughs> I need to have my awards for my things. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, so that. that that's how I will feel as an artist, you know, and it's going to bring... It's going to discredit. I mean, a lot of people are going to discredit it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what's going to wind up happening. So it's different if you are doing a collaborative, you know, song and you guys win Grammys for the song. I I get that. Like, songs individually, because the bottom line is a lot of songs would not be the songs they are without the people who help do them. You know, like, it's that the artists and parties involved need the recognition for it. But for the album, I don't think that's So the only part, you're like... Kobe Calais, you know who that is. Yeah. You do not agree with her winning album of the year for the one song she did on Taylor Swift's Fearless album. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> you were on one song. Why yeah. did you have the album, album of, of the year? year? Yeah, no. Now, you did contribute <laughs> to win. an album of the year. Yeah. You, like, you contributed to it, so you will be on credits. You know, yeah, uh, she is. writer on song on album of the year this. You know, yeah. that doesn't mean you get one, though. I, you shouldn't get no damn... Kobe Calais literally has a gramophone at home for that. Exactly. For that, uh, for In- album of the year when she was the song that is funny the song was actually nominated for a grammy that year um i can't remember the name of the song um either way i go the name of the song with her and taylor swift on that fearless album yeah she also did she beat herself though mm-hmm. she you remember she did um uh the song with her and jason Mraz. yeah lucky mm-hmm. they did that song she him and her won best pop collaboration for lucky over the song she did with taylor Taylor swift Swift. i mean hey so it's kind of like she still won the two categories she was in just it wasn't for the same the same project the same project so i mean so you're cool with the them being recognized but you like the gramophone yeah like you get the whole thing for the because the thing is this like you didn't put in on the entire project. You know what I'm saying? And I guess that's my thing. Big yeah. picture, yes, you did do something. Now, yeah. if they want to give, like, supporting people <laughs> Grammys or whatever, like, if they have that and they say, hey, you know, <laughs> we want to give a Grammy for songwriting, you know, or something like that. I mean, and they do have Songwriter yeah, of the Year. So, you know, hey, make that a bit more competitive or expand it some kind of way to where people, you know, like... Well, that's why they had the... they they That's why they did have the percentage rule yeah um for album of the year in particularly or even like best pop vocal album or best r&b album basically if you were a for Main album of the year if you yeah. were a if you did 33 percent of the album mm-hmm. if you're like kendrick lamar the black panther soundtrack correct he was not he was actually a named artist for album of the year for that soundtrack mm-hmm. because i think he's on he's well he's on well over 33 percent of that correct, album yes so he was the only featured artist that was listed when they I had agree. him there um uh also this past year taylor swift's boyfriend he mm-hmm. won an album of the year grammy this year for her folklore album exactly they gave him a fake name but he he like was a producer on like four or five tracks mm-hmm. he song wrote on like four or five tracks so he actually won a grammy as well right so, I mean, but they got rid of all that. Now it's just, if you worked on it, period, there you go. All right, everybody get a Grammy. Here go Clover. <laughs> <laughs> Me? 
But that's what's going to make them do what they did, like, when it came to... their. It's going to basically give validation. You think they're going to get rid of that? Well, I think what they're going to do now is just that people who have too many people working on their albums, they're just not going to win. Those albums and songs are just not going to win Grammys at this point because it's going to be like... You think people, the general members of voters, are going to start turning against albums that have a different producer for every single song especially when it comes to writers and producers yeah Yeah. because they're going to start being like oh okay well that's your creators of the material you've got this this album has nine they're gonna be like you went and bought a bunch of songs and you didn't really create many of them and you recorded them and you're not winning a grammy for buying a bunch of songs you bought your grammy that's what they're going to start saying okay yeah well you know the weekend, I do have to mention that the weekend still says he's not submitting his stuff for the Grammys. I found that interesting, you know. And the um, the policeman from um, YMCA mm-hmm. wrote him a letter. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. He wrote him a letter and was like, "Dear Mr. Weekend," or something <laughs> like that. He was like, "You know, Dear Mr. Royal Hampton." Yeah, you weren't. Uh, <laughs> he was like, "You know, you." You're, you know, basically the gist of you're upset about this now, but you weren't saying anything when you were benefiting from those secret committees because he got three Grammys. Right. And he's been nominated for more than that. And so every nomination The Weeknd has ever had came from a nomination committee. Mm-hmm. So and he's been so basically you've benefited from that. Now it didn't work in your favor. You're Correct. upset. Why? Mm-hmm. And. It's because he felt like this was his different Grammy-deserving album. Uh, you know, this, I mean, not trying to be funny, y'all. This this year, he he put in so much work in 2020. I, it was any other year. I don't know what happened. I don't know who got mad. Now that I know that there was, now that I know there was Grammy committees, I thought it was only Grammy committees for the general four. I didn't know it was one for all of the genres. Correct. Now that I know that. I some something happened. Somebody I don't know why that the committees turned on him completely and was like he we're not gonna vote somebody for him. off. Yep, it, mm-hmm. it had to be because yep. if those are the people that nominate you, and then all of a sudden all of them said, yeah, we don't think you had the goods this you year. You didn't make the cut, friend. When the weekend was the music industry in 2020. <laughs> I mean, that whole sound that, you know, was coming back with it, like him and like all of them doing that him, older Dua stuff. Lipa, yep. For him to not be nominated for anything. I I even was like, dang, that's weird. Actually, who snatched up most of the Grammys this year? Uh, I didn't watch them, so I'm sorry. I don't even know oh, the results. The people that won the most was Beyonce and I think Meg The Stallion. They won the most Grammys? Uh-huh. Beyonce won four, and Meg won three. For that one song? They won two for Savage. They won Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Song for the songwriting. And then Beyonce okay. also won Best R&B Performance for that uh, for Black Parade. And then Beyonce also won, like, Best... Uh, Best like short form video, best music video for um, Brown Skin Girls. Like Blue okay. Ivy has a Grammy. Yeah, we yeah I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, and then Meg The Stallion, of course, won those two with with Beyonce, and then she also won yeah. Best New Artist. Okay, so they won the most. Everything else was really split up. Like nobody walked away. Nobody else really walked away with a bunch. Billie Eilish won like two. Okay. Um, 
Taylor won one. Because there was a lot of music that came out this year. There was a lot of different music that came out this year. Yeah. So oh, her won two. Okay. Her won two, but nobody else broke. Like Beyonce won four. So she won the most that night. Okay. Yeah, you know, I guess when it comes to, you know, I, I I guess what were the weekend's categories? Because, you know, the we, weekend we have, have these talks and stuff like that. Because I remember about, I remember it being like a conversation with people when they don't win, you know, and it's people who saying that they deserve to win. But, you know, when you sit up there and say you that somebody deserves to win something, you have to remember that you are also saying that somebody else who did win didn't deserve it as much or didn't deserve it at all. You know what I'm saying? So... Mm-hmm. Though he was nominated, and yeah, he probably did piss somebody off. I don't know. Well, no, what the he didn't get nominated. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was a problem because I remember that being the conversation. Was he weird. was not nominated. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I remember that being you know the conversation. But you know when we jump up and say that somebody didn't win or somebody didn't deserve to win over this person, you know you're taking away you know artistry that somebody else probably saw from somebody else's material. Oh, you they know was big mad. I oh, go but back I can imagine 20, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I go back to 2014. No, yeah, 2014 when Macklemore one over Kendrick Lamar for everything people were big mad big big mad about that yeah um but yeah uh I I think the weekend I don't I don't know what happened y'all I still don't know it's it they just it just did not work in his favor like the guy said you this year when the the when the review committees didn't didn't um go in your favor you're upset. Um, I mean, Beyonce, there have been times where she wasn't nominated for a, a lot or she didn't win. And she's, to my knowledge, she's never made a statement about not ever winning or not even being nominated. Now that I know there's review committees, it makes sense. Why would she speak out when she has benefited? Beyonce is now the most award, the most Grammy award winning female ever. Right. Every last one of her Grammy nominations mm-hmm. came from a review committee. Correct. So she wouldn't have had a chance to win those Grammys had it not been for the review committees putting her in there. So now it makes sense why, to me, I never understood. I was like, dang, she really don't say nothing about not winning or never being nominated or when she's not nominated. Makes sense now. She's not going to speak against the committee because she benefits from it sometimes. Sometimes she don't. It's a gamble. If she don't, she's kind of like, oh, well, try again. Well, I honestly think, though, realistically she don't speak much about anything so yeah i mean you never when it comes to the industry she does not speak at all so i think that that just may have anything to do with it because i mean she's her career has seen its ups it's seen its downs and i think that as far as a lot of stuff goes she's in a place now to where she has things that are way more important than winning grammys you know but it's kind of like you know hey it is what it is um i mean other people make statements you know when she's lost album of the year other people make statements for her They'd be like, oh, she should have won. Like other artists, they'd be like, oh, yeah. she should have won. She should like, why wasn't she nominated this year? And <clears throat> I know she doesn't talk about much of anything, but I mean, even years ago in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, when she did speak mm-hmm. more, now I know why she never like, because she did used to speak a lot. She used to have a lot of interviews. Now she's right. very kept with what she does. But now it makes sense. Back then, she wasn't saying anything. Why? Because she understands. This is how it works. She understands being controversial and what yeah. she needs to be controversial and about. And for her, is what she, it is. I can see yeah. why she may have never, she may have never even thought to. I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't have said nothing. It, knowing how the setup is, 
these are the rules. Especially this when is, she was under contract. Yeah. You keep your mouth closed because she was under contract with Columbia of all people. I don't think there's a single label or management around that has more Grammy artists than Columbia at yeah. this point. So they have all of the big artists. I mean, you make it like, yeah, sometimes the committee, you know, before now they got rid of the committee. The committee worked for you at one point. This That's year right. it didn't. Oh, well, don't say nothing. So what's it going to be? So what is it now when that is not the committee? Sorry. Like how was the voting oh, done? Now that there's no committee, it's going back to the way it was before they created the first committee probably like in 88, 89. Right. They're getting, now they're going to go back to literally, they get the, you submit to be nominated. Mm-hmm. You send mm-hmm. everything out. Right. Um, When the top five people come back, those are your nominees. From the, like the 13,000 members apart, I think it's 13,000 members that are part of the Grammy that vote. Okay. Those 13,000 people are going to vote. Who the in the top five nominee getters, the top five vote getters are the nominees, and now those five are gonna go out, and now thirteen thousand people can now vote on who the winner will be, and that's just it. it. Okay, there's no more shaping the year to what the committee, what those committees felt what the year should be shaped as. It's literally going right. to be representative It shouldn't be a social thing body. is what winners are doing. Because, you know, when it came to... One thing that I've always known noticed about the Grammys is that they usually have a set message or theme that they're trying to get across, you know? And for the longest time, it was always racism against black women or, you know, oppression and stuff like that. And that's what people... That's how it came off. That's how it came conveyed as, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And... They typically, shape the year. Like, to what do we want this year to look like? Right. And I think that was in their committee's mind. I don't know, but I think that's what they were doing. I feel like typically it's them trying to pick a pick which artist had the best, you know, what they thought was the best, you know, message that seemed the least controversial. Because if you go out there and you speak up against social injustice against black people and black women especially – yeah, you have a great message, so you may get a nomination for your message, but if you go out there like Macklemore and you speak against depression worldwide, oh, yeah, well, you, you know, yeah. you you just spoke up against depression worldwide, and now we want people to listen to this song because we wanted to make people, we know we want people to feel good, and it's like, well, they lose a lot of the realness of it because it's like, yeah, although they walked up and, you know, Macklemore, when I was young, I thought I was gay. Oh, shoot, he gets a Grammy for this because now he said said this, you know. And, of course, with him being white and you walking up and you showing support for something, all white people have to do is show support for homosexuality, and they're good. Like, they're grand. There will be, like, say, for instance, for all we know, Same Love, which is the name of the song you're talking about, Mm -hmm. for all we know, that probably wasn't a a top five nominee getter. What if that was number 10? Exactly. that song would have never been nominated for song of the, for the song of the year and therefore how can now you can't you can't push whatever agenda you guys feel that's is and that's the exactly what it seems year. like yeah now i mean not saying either is bad or good but they have gotten rid of the shaping the year the way they feel it should look cuz if they and were going to really have these committees be, they needed to be way more diversified than they were in representing what everybody thought was a struggle you know what i'm saying because we we jump out there and be like the past year, past couple of years, oh, you know what? Let's make an album talking about 
Donald Trump and his Trumpians, you know? Yeah. That's what would have been winning Grammys because you spoke up against Donald Trump. Oh, yep. You have a clear message you're about artistry. Now yeah. you're nominated and more than likely you're going to win because the people, especially the especially your liberal white people agree with you. So now you get a nomination, not for anything that had to do with your actual music, but because of what you said in it or what somebody else may have said for you in your music, you know, now you get the Grammy for it. You know what I'm saying? Because typically it's your most political um, message givers that have it, or, you know, your, your indie who people don't think get enough recognition at the billboard awards. You know what I'm saying? Because your big pop artists are your ones who snatch up billboard awards all the time. That's them. You know, the Maroon five love Maroon five Maroon five only got two Grammys. Exactly. And they got a plethora of billboard uh, music awards. Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj, plethora of billboard music awards. Exactly. Um, there's a a ton more. A ton of them. I can't even think it's so many. Katy Perry has a plethora, I think, of Billboard Music Awards. And exactly. I don't think she has, I don't think she, she don't even have a Grammy. She may not. She don't. Katy yeah. Perry don't have one. Exactly. I love Katy Perry. She don't got one, though. So it's kind of like, a, you know, they're getting rid. I, I'm shocked to see what next year will look like. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what it will look like. Yeah. I know Chloe is ready to say, yeah, hopefully I'm there. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm about to say. I'm like, you know, get my little nomination. Oh, Her, uh, I get, maybe I can get two. You oh know, my goodness. one, uh, one oh. for you and, you know, one for Ooh, Ricky, you know, who knows? Oh my goodness. <laughs> ah. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, She's Nick, not you going to make the deadline. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to. I don't believe we're going to get Ooh, Ricky out by, <laughs> by the end of the, by, by September. I'm about to first. say September, right? No, by, by September. Is it the 30th? I think it's September 30th. I don't think we're going to get it out by September yeah. 30th, friend. Next year. Yeah, top Just of the year. For, for the summer. For, yeah. I, I need for it to be a summer banger. So we need to get your get your album rolling out, this EP, Ooh, Ricky, by March. Yeah, and the documentary. Oh, my gosh, y'all. Which document? No, never mind. Uh-uh. We're not doing that. The making of. Nope. Mm-mm. Don't want to talk about the it. making of a rap no, star. no, 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 no. <laughs> she really mm-hmm. wants me to make her this. Don't even tell them yet. They just going to have to just stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. So, Nick, you going to use that degree? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Um, you know, uh, right now, markets, of course, are closed for the holiday, and everyone is seriously tripping on uh, cryptocurrency and everything right now. Um, people are pretty much just asking, you know, uh, to chill out, you know, on Memorial Day weekend, especially, you know, with crypto, because, they're, you know, cryptocurrency markets do not close. They're open 24-7. You can trade in them all day long. Um, but yeah, you know, so, oh, but no one's going to actually hear that because we're not going to release this <laughs> until, uh, Wednesday, but then, you know, there are a couple of things that, um, you know, just a couple of those stocks and stuff like that, you know, for your long-term, uh, bearish buyers that, you know, are being recommended right now. And this is not anything that is given by me. This is actually from uh, Motley Fool. Uh, they are huge on stock markets. So their stock screener, you know, that they're saying to buy, especially your cheap ones. I'll go through the first 10 for you that they have here. Um, would be BlackBerry. Uh, their ticker is BB, Zanga, Z-N-G-A, Skills Inc., S-K-L-Z, uh, Kinder Morgan, KMI, Under Armour, both C shares and A shares. How many did I do? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Um, Alkermes, ALKS, Hawaiian Holdings, HA, and Jeffries Financial Group, uh, JEF. Oh, and Rollins, sorry, R O L. 
those are all under, you know, those are all stocks actually under $40, you know, that they're saying to buy and hold them um, because these are going to be, uh, these are something that they're saying is long-term. Um, and one thing about Motley Fool is they are all about the long game. Uh, they are typically, uh, they they recommend holding stocks for, for years at a time. Um, and what I mean by that is like, they're the ones who, recommended uh they have stock advisor and they in stock advisor recommended buying amazon up and buying amazon in september 2002 and since then amazon is up twenty thousand percent they did netflix in 2004 since then netflix is up twenty seven thousand percent they did nvidia back in 2005 and since then nvidia is up um nine thousand percent over nine thousand percent and even in the past five years they did shopify which is up thirty seven hundred percent match group which is up fourteen hundred percent they did the trade desk which is up eight hundred and twenty four percent and octa which is up six hundred and sixty two percent so they're still out here you know uh dropping little gems everywhere for people to buy and invest the you know in the actual stock market um they are you know a lot well not just them but there are some people predicting that cryptocurrency is going to hit its all-time low coming pretty soon so um if you're nervous about that they're kind of saying give it a break especially over the holidays um they usually do drop but uh they are actually saying that they may start to hit that we may have seen their highs and that they may be starting to crash especially as a lot of major cfos are saying that they will still not back cryptocurrency so there are a Get lot your of money them. Back, is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I'm not saying that <laughs> at all. No, I'm saying do your research and invest on your own. You're not about to blame me uh, for people losing their money or missing out on opportunities. So it's, you know, if you're not a day trader, if you're not going to pay attention, um, probably try to stop with the, you know, with the bullish stocks or the, you know, your fast growing, if what you think is bullish, you know, and please actually, learn how to read yeah, your candlesticks, like y'all. Um, <laughs> you know, if you, you know, if you're not going to pay attention to it, honestly, you probably need to just get you some stocks that, you know, you can, you can get a, um, probably actually just go get a broker. And the easiest way to get a broker is to either open up an IRA a Roth IRA or just invest into your 401k and let them invest your money into you invest your money for you. That's probably the best way, the best thing for you to do. Well, there you have it. Um, so y'all for my week, uh, for my something extra this week, um, normally it's pretty positive, but this week I just want a future. This is for you. Let that hurt go for you. I just saw that. What happened yeah. with him? He said that she, is he talking about Lori Harvey? Was Lori like Harvey, and apparently or something? he talked about Sierra too. But um, he just, um, on the song Maybach, it was a leaked verse. Um, oh. And Future basically was like, tell Steve Harvey I don't want to. And, you know, basically trying to like diss her, talking about somehow she, she had else? begged him not to leave and all of that. And it, apparently, um, with Sierra, he was like, um, she ain't have no no choice but to date a lame after me. And he talking about he got European, sh uh, you know, shit. And um, aren't they owners on a team? That that's lame. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Everybody so. love to call Russell Wilson lame. Let me tell you something. I think calling Russell Wilson lame is lame. Facts. That is that true. man. When he 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 he. He found this woman. He said, I can't wait. I got to marry this woman and got to marry her fast. He married that woman 
and is living a life with her. He, from what it looks like on the outside looking in, he is taking good care of baby future, who is not his. I don't understand what people expect him to do. He's a he's a he's a stepfather to a child that lives in his house. So I feel like he should treat that child like the other children that he has, because if he treated that child differently, people would have a fit. And he just shouldn't. She's a package deal. She got a baby already. Any mother, any single mother out there dating any man, if he don't choose, if he's not trying to love your child the way he would love his own with all the love and discipline on that baby, you probably don't need to talk to him. Let it go. I mean, again, and like I said, I didn't even know that that relationship with Lori Harvey was that deep for him to have to diss her. I like, know. I, I thought, thought it was like a little drive-by-night thing. Like, the thing, the article said they dated for less than a year, so I don't even say they were really together. But he's dissing her, and Lori responded with a, um Instagram picture that it said, thriving. <laughs> 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 I mean, my thing is, you're still talking about stuff that's old with your. Don't you got a new girl? Right? Like, I mean, and a baby. I mean, your biggest work. Several babies. Your yeah. biggest work was a, a a joint project with Drake that Drake said, "Oh, this was a mixtape. It wasn't even an album. That thing got Oops. like so many songs oh. on it. It should be an album for sure. I'm pretty sure it should have been released as an album. That's your biggest project with somebody else. So why are you hating on other people? Like, bro, just chill. Get your stuff done. I mean, you got child support. Like, Let just get that. You know, right. but adopt that Elsa lifestyle, baby. Hey, you know, but that you know, a, when folks is trying to, she's saying, let it go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when folks trying to stay relevant, you know, they do stuff like this. I mean, honestly, bro, just chill. But the crazy thing is, he ain't trending. Lori Harvey is. Exactly. <laughs> for a verse, for his verse that leaked. Here you go. You know, you still talking about other people and your verse leaked and Lori's like, oh, thriving. And now you mad. Yeah. Still. She's trending on Twitter, not in the future. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so now you're probably going to go do other interviews and you got to. First of all, my thing is this. Any man that's got to go out there and try to talk shit about another one, the next dude, that's that shows that you're the one that's out here. But are you still talking about this? This was how many years ago? They have how, they have two kids together now. They have two kids together. Sierra, I mean, Lori is happy as hell with Michael. And you're the um, only one still rapping about the past. All right, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, like, come on, bro. Live in damn. the future. <laughs> future. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you suck. I, mean, I still saying. think Drake was dope for that line. Yeah, yeah, I like the past. No, yeah, I like yeah, I like the future, but I like to reminisce or something like that. What did he say? Drake said that in a line. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I hang with future, but I like to reminisce. Oh, like, okay. Oh. I still yeah, yeah, like yeah. that song. I still like that line. <laughs> Evidently, that he does line. too. Clearly, oh. right? <laughs> he, say, he he says it as well. Yeah, I'm future, but I like to reminisce. <laughs> Clearly, yes, he does. Yes, um, yeah. that's what that that's what those drugs would do to you. Um, oh, there you go. Well, and then my something extra. Um, hey, you know, this is just something that we have to, you know, acknowledge because it's actually something I didn't even hear about. Um, apparently, back in February, a uh, black man, 23-year-old, in custody in uh, Houston, uh, Harris County. Uh, the Texas sheriff, this the sheriff of Harris County, he actually fired 11 of his employees, officers in the jail, actually, uh, suspended six after that black man was killed in custody. Uh, the story that's how you wreck shop. Oh, that's how you <laughs> do shit. Well, basically, the story is this, y'all. I mean, the dude was in custody. He was in custody on arm, on gun charges, on weapons charges. You know, he got arrested, whatever. You know, he was going to probably he was probably going to go away for a minute. He had priors. OK, mm -hmm. so, hey, he criminal did his thing. You now you got to deal with that. Where he, you know, he he played his part in this. Not going to take away any blame from the, you know, from him being locked up. He threw a tray at a cop. 
uh, basically cop went and attacked him and was hitting him on the head. Um, and that's how the guy died. He died from head injury. So they, you know, oh. the coroner, you know, they said his death was a hom- They ruled it a homicide due to head injuries. So it's like, oh, well, the only head injuries he sustained the entire time he was in custody was from, from officers. Correct. Because it wasn't just one officer. There were multiple. So he fired the officers who were responsible. Then the ones he considered responsible for not um, stopping him. For not stopping him <laughs> and for, for getting the situation together. And yeah. you stood by and watched? You're Pretty fired much, yeah. too. He was like, oh. <laughs> and then there were like protocols that they said had to be done. Like they unclothed this man. Um, and typically when you get, when they take your clothes off, they, they're they supposed to give you like a suicide smock and things like that. And mm-hmm. he was like, they didn't do that. They didn't do, they didn't provide counseling. They didn't try to, um, they didn't try to, you know, uh, you know, to bring down the situation or any of that. Like, they just was just like, oh, yeah, we they let it happen. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, oh, we got everybody under investigation. He Because the six that are on leave, they're probably going to get fired too, but they're just on leave right now until he can make sure he can fire everybody. But he was like, yeah, he damn near about to have a whole new you know, um, house. yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So shout out to him for getting that done um, in Harris County. And they were you policing. Know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, when you're when you're in that sort of line of duty, like I said, I think I said this before. If anybody is supposed to die today, if anybody has to die today, it should be you, the officers, not the people that you're supposed to be protecting and serving. There's no way I'm pretty him throwing a tray at the officer does not equal death. What that should equal is him being hemmed up and put and probably being brought in and, you know, maybe an assault charge, but not death. Oh, yeah. No, most Just definitely. Be. Well, because not only did these officers do that to him, these officers also they use excessive force. They didn't report the excessive force. They um, they didn't intervene. They made false statements to investigators and they violated many, you know, all types of procedures. Yeah. You know that what I'm saying? That man should be sitting in jail right now for assault. That's all we're saying. We're not Extra saying time. that people That's right. are wrong for what they did, even in the moments of people doing, you know, doing wrong things. Um. Those wrong things don't equal death. Those things, they should be put in the court of law. They should be, they should go to jail. There are so many black people that should be alive that should have, have some on a criminal record. That's right. Not death. That's all we saying. Oh, that is all we're saying. They didn't administer any type of medical attention. The sad thing about all of this was that man was alive after they did that. They even have photos of him with the injuries alive. They did not administer proper x-rays cat scans anything to make sure he didn't have any brain or head damage and that's why exactly and he died due to the lack of um medical attention that was supposed to be administered oh goodness all because he threw see they feel like their life is more important than ours first of all you sitting up there with a gang full of cops with you there's no reason for you to once you once you minimize the threat of that you know, y'all could have cuffed him, put him on suicide watch, did what you had to do, but y'all beat him into an inch of his life, basically, and then he died because of it, because you got stopped what you did, you know, wasn't going to come out later. And, you know, in jail, he's not going to be able to tell anybody anything like that. And then even when he gets out, too much time passes by. And once you get looked at as a criminal, bottom line is you're a criminal, you know? Yep. So no one's going to be like, oh, well, they beat me in jail because I threw a lunch tray there and you're alive. They're going to be like, oh, well, you deserved it because you threw a lunch tray. Exactly. So he can't. You know, you don't have a case there, but now that he's dead, his life has a case. And then, you know, the sheriff is not having it. So shout out to the sheriff out there in Harris County. Shout out. I seen a white man recently, same kind of same kind of situation, but just he went after, I think 
He went after his kinfolk. I think his kids and brother or somebody with a machete. Mm. And yet that man is alive oh, yeah. to tell the story. They always He's are. white. And it's like, why is he able to tell his story? Oh, in Flower Mound, that man, that crazy man, um, shot at cops and is still alive. Yeah, if they're able to be alive Flower to tell Mound, their story. Flower Mound, 30 minutes away from here. Yeah, we. why aren't we still, why aren't we given the same rapport to yep. still be alive to stand trial for our misconduct and to tell the story? Exactly. We should still be alive to do the same thing. That's all we're saying. I agree. I agree. That's it. Well, I mean, until next week. All right. All right.